While vaccines have emerged to treat a cancer caused by human papillomavirus, and that is good news for patients, there is still a need for therapies to treat cancerous tissue caused by HPV. Welcome to a special focus on cancer on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is John Dockerty, who's president of Helix Biopharma. He joined the company in 1999. He has degrees in toxicology and pharmacology and a comprehensive background in pharmaceutical product and corporate development. At Helix, Mr. Dougherty has been instrumental in developing Helix Biopharma's lead product candidate, Topical Interferon Alpha-2B, in addition to supporting the company's growing investor and media relations initiatives. Before he was president, Mr. Dougherty served as vice president, corporate development since 2002. He joins us today from Helix Biopharma's corporate offices in Toronto, Canada. John Dougherty, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you, Bruce. It's my pleasure to be here and to have this opportunity to speak to you and your listeners. You are very right in highlighting the advent of the vaccines and how they've had a very significant impact on increasing awareness of the problem of HPV infection specifically as it relates to the development of cervical cancer in particular. And at Helix, we recognize that this problem, uh, HPV infection and the development of cervical cancer, while certainly addressed by prophylactic vaccines as a means of protecting and preventing uh, young girls from contracting the virus, there is also a very substantial need for a therapeutic alternative for the millions of young girls and women who contract the virus and develop the precancerous lesions of the cervix. And the cancer vaccines that are out there are very new. I mean, you have the Merck uh, Gardasil vaccine, and those are just hitting the market too, so they're probably not reaching everyone. Oh, that's very much the case. The vaccines are emerging and are being embraced by uh, both state and provincial regulators, but there is a barrier to their their entry. Uh, It is expected to be quite some time before broad-spectrum and widespread vaccination strategies are adopted. This is where our technology, topical interferon alpha-2b, is intended to come in and be a, a significant drug therapeutic as an alternative to today's surgical approaches to cervical cancer and cervical dysplasia treatment. Explain a little bit about to our listeners, I mean, we have a lot of physician listeners, of this type of treatment. You know, you hear the interferon alpha-2b and the technology. If you could break that down a little bit, I mean, is that used in another way that they would be familiar with, or is this an entirely new technology? The technology combines a very novel and new topical drug delivery dosage form that is proprietary to Helix called Biphasix and a drug molecule which is actually very well established and has been on the market for quite some time, Interferon Alpha-2B. Interferon Alpha-2B has been marketed under the trade name Intron-A for many years as an injectable therapeutic. It was shown to be effective against a broad range of uh, viral conditions, including uh, the human papillomavirus in conditions such as genital warts, but was never really considered practical in treating cervical lesions because of the obvious uh, difficulties in intravaginal uh, injections. The concept behind our interferon topical therapeutic then is to bring forth a novel and topical form of the interferon alpha 
for cervical treatment very much so as our lead candidate. When we look at the space today, there's over one and a half, upwards of two million women in the United States each year that contract the virus and develop lesions of the cervix. And the approach to managing uh, these conditions today, as uh, mandated by the American Society for Colposcopy and Cervical Pathology, is principally an observational approach where we examine these women over a period of up to one to two years before intervening medically. And what we do, ultimately, if cervical lesions persist for that period of time, is use surgical techniques, which are ablative or excisional in nature, to destroy cervical tissue. And there's a whole battery of side effects uh, associated with these treatments. So the concept at Helix is to bring forth a cream, a safe and highly compliant cream that patients could use immediately following a diagnosis with a HPV-induced cervical lesion, rather than waiting the long span and living with the anxiety, and to treat that lesion and, and hopefully resolve that lesion at the beginning of the condition, rather than having that protracted wait and the side effects associated with the late-stage treatments. What a lot of our listeners might not understand is that the current treatment options, they're destructive in nature, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. There's a battery of different approaches, everything from cryotherapy to laser ablation to loop electrosurgical excision, various different techniques, but all of which essentially destroy the tissue. And it has to be removed through surgery and other means? That's correct. So rather than destroying the tissue and then having the side effects associated with uh, compromised cervical function as a result, we try to bring forth a cream that will have no destructive effect, really target the virus as opposed to destroying the tissue, and produce a much healthier state for the patient. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to a special focus on cancer on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is John Dougherty, who's president of Helix Biopharma. He joins us from their offices in Toronto, Canada, and we're talking about this new way they're developing to treat the human papillomavirus, which is beyond and different than the vaccines we're hearing about. And Mr. Dougherty, if you could, what is the stage of your products in clinical development and when might physicians see this on the market and where can we read about this? Currently, we're at the phase two stage of clinical development. We've completed a early stage phase two trial in 41 women who had uh, HPV-induced low-grade cervical lesions. And we had a good result with upwards of half of the patients uh, responding to treatment versus a small portion, 15% in the control population. As we move forward, our intention is to progress now to uh, expanded phase two clinical trials, as well as ultimately to pivotal clinical trials. And if all that goes to plan, we could see the entry of a product of this nature as early as 2012. And when you say they're responding to treatment, how so? I mean, could you describe that a little bit? The diagnostic techniques used today for the assessment of cervical pathology are threefold principally uh, pap smear, which is a cytological swab of the cervical tissue in concert with uh, colposcopic assessment, which is a more rigorous approach to examining the, the cervical tissue. And there's also the HPV diagnostic testing. 
what we have done at Helix, of course, is to observe these parameters in our clinical study, and the primary parameter being able to resolve or normalize the cervical abnormal pap smear and the cervical abnormal colposcopic uh, diagnosis, both of which we showed good response in our initial clinical studies. And could you describe the patient pool that was used in the trial? I mean, how old were these women? And also, what are you looking at and what is their condition throughout this? What we did is we enrolled patients basically in their their childbearing years, uh, 18 to middle years of age. As I mentioned, we had 41 women and they were split into two groups. One group uh, received treatment. There were 20 women in that group. And the other group received the standard of care, which, as I described, is really observational assessment, so no treatment as a comparator control. And these women, we feel, were very much representative of the patient population we would wish to target in the marketplace, which are young women, childbearing years, demonstrating or displaying abnormal cervical tissue with a low-grade cervical lesion diagnosis. And the key is, I'm gathering from this, is that there is no treatment for these women. Our women are not getting treated. Is that the case, or what are they treated with now? Yes, very much that is the case in the sense that there is no drug therapy available for these women today. What is available are surgical ablative or excisional techniques, and these are generally held off until about one to two years of persistent abnormal pap and abnormal cervical diagnosis, reason being these surgical techniques carry many unwanted side effects. So this is why we hope to bring forth a safe topical therapeutic that could be brought to the patient at the initial diagnosis rather than waiting that long protracted period and using a surgical intervention. With the clinical trial, do they have to keep applying this cream or is it something that your studies I know are very early, but could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's one thing we're especially excited about. Uh, Part of the trouble with an STI of this nature is that the patient not only has to live with the anxiety and angst of having this condition, but also with the doctor visit for their surgical intervention technique. In our case, we bring forth a topical therapeutic that the patient can self-administer in the convenience and comfort of their home. Our initial clinical trial examined a dosing schedule of three days per week, and we generally recommended before bedtime so the patient would be uh, laying down upon application and then uh, would allow it to absorb into the cervix uh, overnight. And this is how we intend to go forward with the product as well. And in your next stage of clinical trials, I'm sure you're going to go beyond 40 patients. And I was also going to ask, I'm certain that the patients could be more compliant with this. We've demonstrated in the first trial a very good response by the patients in terms of compliance and uh, willingness to use the product. With that in mind and with the biometric requirements for the study, we will be, of course, increasing the patient population moving forward. Our initial estimates say that our pivotal trials will require somewhere in the order of a minimum of 400 patients per study, and uh, we envision proceeding to two large, double-blind, placebo-controlled, pivotal nature trials, each with patients about that number in the trials. And for our uh, specialist physicians that might be listening in, are these trials being done in the U.S., or will they be? Is it something that people should be on the lookout for in the U.S., or are they in Canada, or where are they right now? The 
trial that we have completed was conducted at the Charité in Berlin under the direction of Professor Akim Schneider, and that was our first foray into the clinic with this product. As we move forward, we plan to conduct further trials in Europe as well as a pivotal trial also in the United States. And naturally, we're progressing to move forward with discussions with the regulatory authorities so as to facilitate these dual trials, Europe and the USA. And if you could talk a little bit more about this whole idea of a cream, I mean, a cream to treat cancer, I mean, that in and of itself seems to be very unique. Is it? It certainly joins a a movement to have products that are being advanced not only for the treatment of a cancerous condition, but also for the treatment of a precancer or potential precancer condition. So not only are we excited about this dosage form, topical interferon, being applied to the patients with cervical lesions, but we are also looking at it for other lesions caused by human papillomavirus. Uh, We have an active trial in patients with anal genital warts, and we also think it may be applicable, but of course this has to be determined clinically, to other lesions that are cancerous of the skin. So a product of this nature could have you know, wide potential and initiate a new development of topical therapeutics for precancerous conditions. And are there others out there doing this, or are you guys alone in the commercial space? Well, there's certainly uh, others that recognize the need for Uh, therapeutic drug as opposed to surgical intervention for the cervical lesions. There are companies developing products uh, including dosage form that is amiquimod as a drug. Other companies developing a extract from green tea and uh, there are other folks developing therapeutic vaccines potentially as treatments, all of which could be delivered either via topical dosage form or via injection. But we do think our topical interferon really represents a potential lead in this field as it really is a drug with very powerful and uh, demonstrated effects against HPV and was just needing a topical therapeutic to be able to deliver it more effectively, which is what we brought forward. Well, with that, I'd like to thank John Doherty, who's been our guest. He's the president of Helix Biopharma, which is developing a topical cream to treat the human papillomavirus, which you're going to be hearing a lot about in the years to come. I'd like to thank him for being our guest. My name is Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and you've been listening to a special focus on cancer on ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and I'd like to thank you today for listening. 